Welcome to Nameless Monsters, where we all roll with bowl cuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did have those, too. I ran the game. <laughs> I had those, too. Yeah. yeah oh, so from, from now on, you can just imagine us and all of the characters and all of the NPCs <laughs> just have bowl no, cuts. No, don't yeah. give it's Greg a very bowl cut. strange. Greg's haircuts Every single and one more. of them. And no. all he does is bowl cuts. Oh, man. Greg's bowl cuts. And the, the subtitle on the sign is, yep, that's it. <laughs> Welcome to <laughs> session six yeah. of Nameless Monsters. Thank you for staying with us this long. I am Nate, and I am the Keeper. And with us tonight, we have... Hi, I'm Dennis. I'm he, him, and I am playing Brad Johnson, also he, him. I'm Heather. I use she, her pronouns. And I'm playing Mags, who also uses she, her <laughs> I'm Lester, I use he, him, and I'm playing Morris, who also uses he, him. <laughs> who wants to give us our recap? I did it last time. I'll do it. I got a, I got a quick one. Half a page of notes. After the cave, Morris and Mags had minus one ongoing because we were deafened by the falling rocks and the grenades in the cave. We ran away as two face spiders chased us away from the cave. We decided to stop and turn and face them in a clearing in the forest. We felled a tree to pin one of them and piled on the other one. Killed it. Orange goo spills out of all the orifices as the faces deflate like the world's worst balloon. These are the words that I wrote last time. <laughs> Morris captured the other one in a cage of crystals in an amazing display of magic. And Mags handed off a grenade to Brad, who dropped it in the cage and was sadly injured as the cage exploded, killing the spider. Mags desperately tried to stabilize him and did so, burning one luck. We made it home, or, or we saw home on the horizon, as we limped off after the conflict. The end. Perfect. We made it home explicitly we got there in time for bedtime yeah you guys got there in time for bedtime the camera will open to the front of miss brown's bed and breakfast or bread and breakfast and the three of you wounded torn up bloodied limping up the front steps to the door Miss Brown immediately busts out of the front door like the Kool-Aid man. Uh, except, She's going to have to fix that door. <laughs> except she says, oh, no. <laughs> uh, she says, oh, no. Uh, what, what happened? Oh, God. Oh, man. Fought spiders and shit. Do you have any, like, elixirs or Quick, potions? quick, get it. Come on inside. Yeah, Come yeah, on inside. Can they hear yet? Oh, shit. I forgot we were... <laughs> 
briefly Teth. Uh, how long did I say that the... I think we Googled it. It was like 18 hours. Okay, so we're going to say on the low end of 18 <laughs> hours, even though I don't think that that is... Medically accurate. Probable. But we're going to just say 18 hours because I don't want to be that big of a douche. So, yeah, you you are all... You can kind of hear things, but it all sounds like it's kind of underwater. But you can hear noises, like, coming out of people's mouths and stuff. Great. Well, if Morris can't hear anyways, you're just going to be rude and go to bed. <laughs> like, there's no point in debriefing. <laughs> Mags is going to make her way to the powder room that she went in to, like, get herself together the first night they were here. And she's going to grip that sink again and just... She's just going to cry for a minute. It's just going to feel good. And then she's going to wash her face and then maybe cry some more because that probably hurts. And then she's going to come out and join Brad and Miss Adelaide wherever they ended up. Brad went straight to the kitchen. Is that where you're <laughs> explaining to Adelaide what yeah, happened? As as you guys kind of split off, I head to the kitchen. I'm like, okay, so we went to, you remember the letter that we got, the mysterious letter in the mail slot? So we go to the cave and there's nobody there, right? And we, or, well, we go to the place and there's a cave, nobody there. And it's like, we'll just check out this cave. And we go in the cave and there's nothing there and then suddenly there was something there but it wasn't the dude it was it was the you know the face spider thing it was them so like mags like threw grenades did you know she had grenades <laughs> um no mags has grenades she's you've threw... literally known her longer than i have i mean that's by like you know like three hours or something like it's not <laughs> come on anyway <laughs> she threw two grenades she collapsed the tunnel we ran away the spiders chased us we fought two of them the faces were like ah and then there was like Morris did magic and Max was like shooting trees down <laughs> and there were another another grenade involved. Um, and the whole time I'm doing this, I'm like piling ridiculous amounts of like deli meat and tomato slices and things onto bread. And every so often I get to the point where it feels unreasonable to keep putting that stuff on there. So I throw another slice of bread on and then more meat. So I have this like triple decker deli sandwich. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and then, like, I sit down, taking big bites, still explaining, and then at some point, Mags comes out, and we'll say that I've summarized. I think Mags is still carrying her duffel bags. She strapped them across and just didn't bother. So I picture, like, the little door opens up to the powder room, and she just <laughs> right into the door frame <laughs> and kind of stumbles through and then just collapses in a chair in the kitchen. Oh, I love it. I It, like, gets caught. It gets jammed in the door frame. Yeah, yeah. You're like, uh. <laughs> so yeah. Adelaide. Hey. Um. It was a bad day. Yeah, I I see that. Listen, I've got some medical supplies in the basement. I'll come and try and patch you guys up. That's that's amazing. So she leaves the room and heads down to the basement, and you hear her down there scrounging around. Brad. Yeah. Art. Are you feeling okay? That I'm a, I'm gonna be fine. I just you did good. I, no, you did good. Okay, okay. I just that was that was yeah. That was a lot. Yeah, but we handled it, didn't we? You handled it. Well, it it was it was a team effort. It was. Ooh. I I don't I don't know. If this is going to mean a lot coming from me, but um, you seem to be the kind of person who 
maybe gets in her own head about what she can do and whether she can handle the things that life throws at her. So I'm just telling you, you handled it, right? And I'm proud of you. And he smiles real big. It's like, you're a badass, Mags. She smiles and it hurts like it aggravates one of the cuts on her face. <laughs> and, and and so her hand goes up to it, but a little too hard. And, and she just starts crying again. <laughs> and I think here we flash back. Mags. Yeah. Let's talk about your training. Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, I'm excited. Do you think that there is a comparable moment to this in your training? Sure. Because let's let's be really honest here about the organization that you work for. They are, what were their tags? The tags are recognized authority and good intel are the positive ones. And budget cuts and bureaucratic are the negative. Okay. While there have been budget cuts... They still invest in training their agents. Yeah. Because you aren't a dime a dozen. Yeah. Right? You have a very specialized job and a very important job as well. And so they want to make sure that you succeed. In my head, I had imagined that like the combat training and, you know, whatever survival classes they were, they like team up with other governmental agencies. Hmm. When when they do those things. So it's never been like Mags has maybe seen one other supernatural monster thing before. She saw a chupacabra in her training. Yeah, they they have like a chupacabra hunting yeah. day where they just like <laughs> <laughs> release them into a very large pinned area, like acres of fenced land. Do they like grease it up first and make you <laughs> yeah, chase it? Yeah, they release like a dozen of them. Oh These things God. are like the cockroaches of the of the monster world. Just tons of chupacabras. They they breed like rabbits. All you win if you catch one is like a like a pizza coupon and four hours of personal time yeah. off. <laughs> it's so perfect. Budget cuts, you know. Yeah. <sighs> so so yeah, let's flash back to that. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, but I oh, don't man. think this is a particularly funny moment because while I do joke about chupacabras, they are blood-sucking monsters. Yeah. And I think... We flash back to this moment during the Chupacabra hunt. And what what part of that hunt, what made it like this? I think the emotional reaction that Mags is having right now is not necessarily connected to the monster part or the actual hunt, right? It's not necessarily the physical act of facing down these monsters. It's the reality that... These people that she's trying to take care of, these these people that she's developing affection for, she took responsibility for them. When these boys got in her car sure, and she drove them to this place where they are now stuck. Sure. They're, they're my boys now and they almost died because I was not ready. Okay, so this is what happens then. We cut back and... The camera sees you walking through the woods, gun at your side, and you are talking quietly to someone next to you. And as you two talk, 
there's laughter and you guys are just kind of joking around. This is your friend who is at training? Yeah, this is Frankie. She is a petite, very slight black woman with glasses and an infectious grin, fin braids and with a center part. She and I worked together when we were just in an office setting and opted into this field work together. Yeah. Neither of us had any idea what we were getting into, but we've been trying to stick together, laugh about it, and not lose our minds. So the camera looks down and to the right with you, and we see Frankie, who is training with you out on this weird nighttime chupacabra hunt. All your instructors kind of made it out to be a bit of a joke and, you know, a good time, a way to show off some of your skills and show off some of the things you've been learning these past few weeks. Why don't you roll Read a Bad Situation? That's an 11. So hold three. Any dangers we haven't noticed yet? Yes. (laughs) So there are two chupacabras in the bushes just ahead and to the left of you. Uh, You see their eyes glowing in in the bushes ahead. What's the most vulnerable to me? Well, if you had some grenades, (laughs) but you don't, I think the most vulnerable thing is is them if you get the jump on them. Okay. I stop where I am and kind of elbow Frankie and start to draw my weapon. I mean, do you immediately draw it and fire or are you like going slow? Mags is not, she is not Morris. Her gut reaction is not to whip out her pistol. (laughs) Right. And especially, right, you know, this was, I don't know, six months ago. You know, the gun on her hip would have been an alien thing. It would have been throwing off her walk. Okay, so why don't you roll act under pressure to draw it? Because I think we're at a point in your life where this is not instilled in you yet, Yeah. right? And I fail. Really? Yeah. I rolled a four on the dice. And you get a plus two? Yep. Oh, shit. You fumble your gun out of its holster. Yep. And it falls into the dark brush and you don't see where it went. You're like looking around and moving your feet around for it and you feel yourself kick it. Dang it. (laughs) And you have absolutely no clue where your gun has gone. And then they are upon you. I think they leap onto Frankie first. She was not able to get her gun up in time and they leap on her and start biting her and scratching at her and she is screaming and she just tries to get in there right she's she's bigger than frankie and she is going to just try and put herself in between her her friend and these monsters why don't you roll protect someone that's actually a 10, even with my minus one time. Okay. Damn. Nice. Okay. She she just screams and goes in 
like a windmill, <laughs> like a big awkward so windmill, and grabs I... <laughs> and grabs Frankie and just pulls her and starts running. <laughs> so they were they're greased, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just remembered that. So I think I don't want to be like, oh, you got a good success. Now I'm going to subtract one because I'm an asshole. But I what I forgot about the grease all over them. I don't know if it matters, but I was 100% doing a bit. I did not expect to actually grease. <laughs> I am well cars. aware, but the bit is now a thing. The bit is so now real. So here's the thing on Protect Someone. I either suffer one less harm from the, the chupacabra, or all impending danger is now focused on me. I, I think either of those are appropriate. Okay, so I think you just, like, run up and kick the chupacabras off her. Yeah. And they squeal and are thrown off. The clouds above you part, and the moon shines directly down into the lightly covered forest where you are, just enough to get a good view of these creatures. They are hairless, kind of canines, but they have huge buggy eyes that are on either side of their head. They're just massive fucking eyes that like swivel all around. And they have a really long tongue that comes out and kind of tastes the air. Comes out between these four almost vampire fang or maybe saber-toothed tiger-esque long thin incisors. Nosferatu style. <laughs> yeah, Nosferatu style. Very Nosferatu. And they have like these thick hairs that go down their spine. That's the only place where they have quote unquote hair, but they're almost like quills. They're like very, very thick hairs. And they hiss and give little yelping sounds at you and begin to circle you. Frankie. You look back, and she is, like, scurrying away, and she begins to run, screaming for help. Yeah. Mags is going to try and assess where she is in this wooded area. She's going to try and get up against a tree, so she's at least got a tree on her back. I know these are pack animals and I don't want to get crept up on and just slowly backing up against a tree. And I'm going to start like singing. She's, she's going to start singing Hold On by Wilson Phillips at the top of her lungs because as we've established, 90s mom music is her jam and all she's got to do, all she's got to do is hold on. <laughs> so so I think you get these turned around and turned away from Frankie and you can see Frankie running off into the forest and you <laughs> nervously begin to sing and you see a beam of light come from off to your left and you hear other hunters coming to help. Her voice breaks as she gets to the chorus. But as you feel this relief watch over you, you look up 
and you see the silhouette of Frankie, and then you see two other silhouettes come from either side of her. One gets her leg, and the other her neck, and Frankie falls, and that's where we cut back to you. Do you want me to make you a sandwich? Are you hungry? Yeah, that'd be... That'd be really nice, Brad. Alright, you got it. Hold on. And off he goes. Morris. What? <laughs> what are you doing? Sleeping. <laughs> Sleeping? Yeah, he went He went to bed. Mm, mm. Because he was deaf, and so he was like, hey, we'll talk about this in the morning. <laughs> so I... I believe you used luck. I used luck like three episodes ago. Yeah, and we haven't had any of the ramifications from it. Could you read me what happens when you use luck? When you spend a point of luck, something goes wrong for your sect. And so I used luck because I was like, psh, fuck those guys. Mm. They can't reach me anyways. Okay, so here's what's going to happen. Morris, you begin to dream. Okay. At first, it's a pleasant dream. What are Morris's pleasant dreams? I think... You know, just eating pie, like going on silly little adventures, just Animal Crossing, but a dream. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I think you're just dreaming of Animal Crossing, and uh, suddenly Tom Nook morphs into Mrs. Grendelhill, <laughs> and Mrs. Grendelhill slaps you in the head with a bug net, and she says, Morris. What is going on there? Uh, well, I was gonna pay off my loan, uh, using my bag, bag of bells here. Nook, Nook, Grendelhill, Grendel Nook. She slaps you in the head again. Ow. Get a hold of yourself, Morris. Something has gone terribly wrong. There were like... The specimens, the specimens are all missing. What's up? I'm like in, I'm fucking in the middle of nowhere. I didn't release the specimens. That's not, I don't have that. I don't have a key or whatever. <sighs> That's not my problem. You keep a better, keep better track of your guys' weird ass pets. We needed you to find Jaden. Yeah, well, he's being kind of a bitch. So, <laughs> you know, not super easy to find. It's not like... We, it's not like you guys put a GPS chip in him and I'm just following a little blinker on a map like this was a cool spy film or something. That's exactly what we've done for you, Morris. I I forgot that I had uh that thing, huh? You did do that, didn't you? Yeah, uh, do I still have that cat brooch? Yeah. Is it still pinned to my jacket? Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, look, Mrs. Mrs. Grendelnook, I... When I when I wake up, <laughs> assuming I don't forget my dream immediately as dreams go, I will remember to check the cat brooch that I just remembered I have. Really, this is your fault for choosing, like, you know, a college student who, like, doesn't even have, like, good grades. Like, I'm a straight C student. You guys chose the worst guy for this job, and that's on you. You know, not me. She begins to grow larger. That's not good. And she expands to a colossal size. I'm gonna go to the airport. 
You know the um, Galadriel voice? Yeah, that she does when she's all like, <laughs> yeah, going scary. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I imagine her voice being now. And she says, "Find the traitor, bring him to us, and end his plans." Can I just shoot him if he's a traitor? Because I don't know that I can even leave this town. And like, I don't ever get to use my gun because mags make spaces and they're guilt trippy faces. No, you will bring him. And you feel something begin to wrap around your mind. Bring him alive or just bring him? Because these are two different things. Alive! All right, Jesus. And why don't you roll Act Under Pressure? I got a eight. Eight. A mixed success. A worse outcome, a hard choice, or a price to pay. Morris, I think you can resist this. All right. But the price to pay is that you must resist it every time you sleep now. The dream? The enchantment that Mrs. Grendel Hill has placed upon your mind. What is the enchantment? Like, I know she put an enchantment on my mind, but... It is going to force you to do what they have told you to do. I'm not allowed to shoot him now. Correct. That's fine. You must bring him. All right, that's fine. So that's the price to pay. A hard choice is you can either resist it or you can accept it and gain an XP. Oh, I'll just accept it because, like... (laughs) <laughs> Being made not to kill a dude isn't, that's not the worst thing in the world. Morris has to be a good boy now. <laughs> okay, so mark an experience and give yourself the tag Gaish, which is G-E-A-S. So you are compelled to perform this duty. If you do not actively pursue this duty, you will begin to take harm. Okay, and by, like, actively pursue, if I just straight up forget, is that the same as not actively pursuing? Yes. Damn it. Okay. (laughs) You will be reminded. You will be reminded with daily harm. Can the harm be, like, starting out with, like, a tingle, and then I can be like, oh, duh, I'm supposed to check this stupid brooch I have. Yeah. Okay. But you need to actively do something towards achieving the goal. Okay. Once it starts tingling. Okay. Morris really is the worst person they could have chosen for this job. <laughs> There's guy. I'm, I'm imagining they chose Morris because he really is, like, literally the only member with magic. Yeah. And it's just, like, every other facet of Morris does suck. You could endeavor to be better. That sounds like work, though. Good God. <laughs> We are so grateful for the enthusiasm and support we've received from the Cast Junkie Discord community. If you enjoy our show, you might enjoy this one, too. This is Memester of the Week, or a Monster of the Week actual play podcast. It goes like this. A reluctant cult member, his stoner roommate, a skeptic YouTuber, and her fake camera person walk into a diner. They then walk out of the diner and drive off to hunt the things that go bump in the night. 
Inspired by shows like Supernatural, The Adventure Zone, and The Crit Show, join four friends as they travel across the country solving supernatural problems and trying not to cause more problems than they solve. If you've ever wondered what it would be like if Scooby-Doo had guns and magic and monsters rather than real estate moguls, this might be for you. Welcome to Memester of the Week. Okay, so, did you guys want to do any other scene with Adelaide down there? Or do you just want to... Or do we want to just hand wave and say, okay, she's... She came up, she bandaged you, and now you've gone to bed. I'm fine with that. What do you What do you all want to do? Uh, if you wanted to have another scene, I'm down, or we can just move on to the to the next day. Is Is Brad gonna get a special scene? I'm good. I had the scene with the sandwiches and the. And I I want to explore your mental torment, Brad. <laughs> I want it laid bare before me. Brad's mental torment. Is having to figure out how to yeah, fill listen. out his taxes <laughs> when his only income is Patreon. Do you remember episode like one or two when I asked if we were driving on the blue line or the red line? <laughs> That's about the level of mental torment you're going to get from Brad. Uh, the first stress headache that we all got to witness. What a day. Um, real quick. Yes. Uh, before we do anything that happens in the morning. Okay. Brad is going to set an alarm for like 2 a.m. He's going to wake up and then he is going to find a pen and paper, like grab something out of his bag and he's going to write a note to Mags telling her where he's going. Oh no. Um, Cause he's been, he's been climbing. He's been out by himself. You always let somebody know where you're going. Right. So he's going to write a note. Dear Mags headed back to the cave. Just need to check on something. See you in the morning. <gasps> P.S. Hopefully you'll never have to see this note, but if you do, definitely come find me. <gasps> P.P.S. Is it P.P.S. or P.S.S.? <laughs> P.P.P.S. For real, proud of you. <laughs> and if I do need your help, I know you got my back. P.P.P.P.S. Hopefully I won't need your help. And then he's going to take that and fold it up, uh, and he's going to sneak out. And he's going to set another alarm in his phone. First, okay, uh, so let's say let's say it's 1 o'clock in the morning instead of 2, okay? And I'm going to set an alarm for like four and a half hours. And I'm going to set the note on the floor outside Mags' door and my phone on top of the note and turn the volume all the way up. So Bradley Jackson Johnson. Is that his full name? It is now. <laughs> Canon. <laughs> so that way... If I get back in time, I pick it all up. Nobody knows. And if I don't, she knows to come get me. Oh, my gosh. And I'm going to be fine. So I'm going to the cave. Okay. Because I saw that creepy, weird green light, and I've not seen it since. And my thinking is maybe it's just been too bright outside because it's daytime. So I'm going to go check at night, and Mags doesn't want me to go anywhere at night. But I kind of feel like I need to go at night rather than disappoint Mama Boss Lady Mags, I'm just going to sneak out and take care of it, and hopefully she never has to worry about it. As you walk out the door in your head, you hear, from your first night in Triple Springs, you hear old Pete say, you want, if you want one piece of, I fuck, I can't remember exactly what the line was. I think it's like, <laughs> it's like. That's Brad actually trying to remember it. He's like, what did P Pete said, uh, and it was, uh, 
Yeah, never mind. <laughs> yeah, it's just a it's just a cartoon of Pete, and he lo- he's like all happy and rosy cheeked, and you know how Brad sees the world, whatever. And uh, he says, "You want one piece of free advice? Don't go into the woods at night." That's probably fine. And I go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I go to the van first. When I get outside, I grab a flashlight. Um, I grab. Um, I do get my tick repellent and uh, bear mace and, and that sort of thing. Just all the good sort of tools that an, an outdoorsman would have. And I, I put it in neutral and push it for a block first. So I don't wake anybody up by starting it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. So I think we see you like checking bags in the van for like your stuff to make sure you have everything like getting a bit of gear on that's not annoying to drive with it and then the camera cuts to the driver's side and it's kind of it's kind of up a little bit you're in frame opening the door we can see your torso and and you open the door and you get in the car And as you're getting in the car, the camera kind of pulls back a bit and goes lower. And we see your feet rise up off of the the pavement and into the car. Nothing magical or anything. I just meant like you were getting in the car. (laughs) I love you were levitating into the car. Uh, (laughs) As you crank it and begin to drive off, the camera is like right on the road now. And we see a little blinking light on your undercarriage. Oh. And you drive off to the woods. Mm. So I think we need to pick up with that probably before everybody wakes up, right? Yeah. Keep it. I, I could. Yeah. I we can we can do other stuff if you want to. I'm just trying to set something up. Uh, but I do think you tell me if I'm wrong. But I do think that definitely qualifies for um oh my gosh that yes. move that I, I have i believe it does why don't you read that move off to us don't worry i'll check it out whenever you go off by yourself to check out somewhere or something scary mark experience yeah oh my gosh so yeah brad why don't you mark experience uh also good news if i do get captured while i'm out there i get to mark more experience <laughs> my heart and my stomach have like swapped places inside of my body you should see a doctor you people should stop stressing me out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be back. It's fine. I'll be fine. Uh, okay. So uh, the scene opens. The camera is like looking from the back of Brad's van and Brad opens the door and steps out onto the side of the road. We hear the gravel crunch under his boot. So Brad. Are you just heading into the woods, trying to get back to the cave? Yes, I'm trying to move quickly but carefully. I'm, you know, looking up in the trees for other spiders. I'm watching out for spider webs. So I'm doing the thing where you shine a flashlight from like a lot of different angles as you walk. So it'll catch up the refraction of the threads. So I'm doing a lot of that. But I I am trying to get there and back before my alarm goes off and wakes up Mags. Okay, I'm going to make you do two rolls here. Okay. So first, I want you to read a bad situation. Okay, here we go. Be good. Oh, no, I have zero sharp. That's a six. (gasps) Oh, Brad. Oh, no. Oh, Brad. And it begins. 
I have cried like three times already today. So it's just right there. And if Brad dies alone in the woods and Mags has to go out there to find his body or whatever's left of it, I am for real going to cry. So am I. And that is on you. I'll be fine. It's going to be fine. Okay, Brad. Yo. Everything is fine here. Thought so. Yeah. Nothing is amiss. You really just don't see anything on your way to the cave. Now, I know you want to be stealthy as well. Mm -hmm. So why don't you go ahead and roll Act Under Pressure? Be better, Dice. Just be better. Oh my god. No! (laughs) Are you using the weighted ones Heather sent us? Uh, They're not weighted. That's, uh, I have a plus one to Act Under Pressure. Too bad I rolled a five on those dice that Heather sent us. Oh no! So that is five experience, though, so that I do level up right now. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, you may level up. <laughs> if I live. So what are, you, what are you going to take? Let me set the scene here for you. Brad, you are walking to where you are pretty sure the cave is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's taking a little bit longer than you remember. And mm. the reason for that is because you've gone a different way to get to the cave and you you now hear the water and you hear the waterfall but it's ahead of you and it seems like you're on on level with it okay so you're coming from above suddenly your foot slips on a rock uh. oh no we see Brad walking along and we suddenly just see Brad into a hole. Jeez. Oh my god. Yep. Into a hole? Those limestone caverns. And Nuts. you land. It is dark except for your flashlight waving about. However, you can't seem to wave it about very much mm-hmm. because it's stuck. It's stuck to the floor slash wall because you are stuck to a giant web. Well, guys. Ugh, Brad's gonna get eaten. Is it too late to use luck? Because <laughs> I forgot we had luck. No, you can use luck if you forgot that you... I mean, you're not dead. <laughs> mm. See, if I ask too many more questions, I won't be able to use luck because it's going to inform my I answer. will let you choose right now. Balls. Use it or not. I'm going to stick with what I got. Brad. Yo. What level up did you take? Well, I'm I'm thinking about taking one that might be very particular to my current situation called Panic Button. <laughs> uh, when you need to escape, name the route you'll try and roll plus sharp. That's the problem is plus sharp. On a 10 plus, you're out of danger, no problem. On a 7 to 9, you can go or stay. But if you go, it's going to cost you or leave something behind or something comes with you. Uh, and on a miss, you are caught halfway out. What's your sharp? It's plus zero. That's the thing. Ah, now that is something you could use luck on. I could. Yeah, I think I'm going to take that. I'm going to take panic button. All right. I'm level three, y'all. Woo! How many rolls have you failed? Just na- I two just now, but I also used that move that gave me an experience point. Um, so what we see is Brad land in this web and his light is kind of flailing wildly around as he tries to loosen himself from this sticky mess that he's gotten himself into. (laughs) And it flashes across this undulating mass kind of hanging from the ceiling. And we don't really get a good look at it at first, 
but then Brad notices it and swings his light slowly back across it. And what it is is a conical mass hanging from the ceiling, hanging like a stalactite from the top of the ceiling. It's huge. It's like a 10-foot radius cone. So 20 feet across. Whoa. Uh, It comes down to kind of a point. And it is a seething, fleshy mound of what looks like body parts. Human body parts, but also you see like deer hooves and... Are they wriggling? Ugh. Yes. A wriggling mass of body parts. They're wriggling and the bottom of the cone is like undulating and as you watch it, you see the tip of it grow larger as if something is coming out of it. And then it kind of seizes violently and quivers. And an egg, like, sloops out of it. Brad, use your Disney princess powers and befriend <laughs> it. And that is when we will cut to... The phone sitting on the floor in front of Mags's door. Oh, did I get that lost? Did it take that long? Oof. Yeah, you really screwed the pooch on this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you had two f- complete failures. I did. <laughs> but So I think I've punished you quite enough. And can I just say, babe? Yeah. That, that description was really gross. It was. Kudos. Thanks. That was that was horrifying and disgusting. Good good on you. <laughs> hey, the rest of the body parts had to go somewhere. The faces yep. went on the spiders. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Since the spiders have faces, could you skin the spiders? Wow, no. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> uh and we like it's okay so that that happens to brad the camera immediately cuts and we cut to like an overhead shot of the cell phone sitting on that piece of paper in the hallway and the camera begins to zoom in on it and then it lights up and it begins to sing its alarm and what does the message say? Like, what was the name of the alarm? <laughs> Save me. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, my God. Um, he oh, also, no. I'm going to say that he also took the time to take a selfie of himself <laughs> so that when that banner is going off, the screen behind it is Brad, like, pointing at the banner, like, uh. <laughs> so when she looks at it, she'll see Brad pointing at the message that says, Save me on the alarm. <laughs> shit dude oh my gosh and is it early in the morning for max yeah it should be like 5 30 yeah, right? yeah 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 so the sun is just starting to come up sure she's got bruises starting to bloom and you are woken up from a deep sleep by brad's obnoxious cell phone alarm <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 
she pushes back the covers and is like, Brad, stop it. It was a really bad day. And like realizes she's got to pee and opens the door and there's nobody there. She looks right and left and then looks down and says, crap. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Nameless Monsters. You can follow us on Twitter at namelessmon underscore pod and reach us by email at namelessmonsterspodcast at gmail.com. Monster of the Week was created by Michael Sands and published by Evil Hat Productions. If you like the show, please rate and review us on a podcasting platform of your choice and let your friends know you loved the show. We really appreciate the help. Be safe out there and happy hunting. We hope you enjoyed the music on today's episode. Most of our selections, including our show's theme song, Somewhere in the Dark, are used by permission of the composer, Holizna Radio, who can be supported on Patreon. We also used Phone Call by Jazzar. Full listings and links can be found in our show notes. discovered what one of some of the weird noises that my audio makes is that like my when my glasses slip sometimes i use the pop filter to adjust my glasses and um that comes across on the microphone i guess luster you have you have haze my like adjusting my glasses with the pop filter is like so much less effort what the fuck? Of course that comes through on the microphone. What the? What did you expect? Wait a minute, my nose itches. Well, also I just keep like I just keep running into the pop filter too. I I'm probably I'm just way too close. In general, my life has been filled with removing scraping and mouth noises from you monsters for the past month. And you tell me that you've been adjusting your glasses on your mic. Welcome to Nameless Monsters, where we adjust our glasses on our pop filters.